everyone, and welcome to episode two of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we're talking about cinema. I had the fortune of getting to go see Hobbs and Shaw today, though I guess technically you could call it Fast and Furious Presents Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, one way or another, I actually enjoyed this movie. It, uh, it was way better than I expected it to be, and I'm going to tell you why. So let's get started by at least just going over who is in this movie. As many of you know, I'm sure we've got The Rock himself, our Scorpion King, Dwayne Johnson, along with um, Jason Statham, our action hero, sexy hunk, um, calm whatever you want, London's darling. He, uh, Both of them were fantastic, and they really made this movie, in my opinion. Um, you could have grabbed anyone else, Vin Diesel, um, I was going to say Paul Walker, but um, I mean, CGI-wise, I guess you could pull him in too, but really, it would not have been the same movie and that's specifically because this movie is tailor-made for Dwayne Johnson and Jason Statham. Uh, it's an action movie first and foremost, but what I was so surprised about in this movie was that it has a lot of comedy in it. And most of that comedy comes from them butting heads, which is something that I think everybody expected. It was certainly welcome. And uh, in terms of the other actors in the movie, there was a great turn by uh, Idris Ilba, though I guess some people could probably debate what the word great means in regards to this movie. Vanessa Kirby uh, was in this, and she is the sister of Jason Statham. Helen Mirren also was in this movie, playing Jason Statham's mom. And uh, my personal favorite part of this movie was that there were a ton of surprise guests. Uh, people I was not expecting to be in this movie, nor did I even think deserved to be in this movie in, in the sense of when I saw them on screen, I actually, I was shocked because I, I thought to myself, I don't deserve this. I, this is too good. I, I was so happy. And uh, part of me is trying to decide whether or not I should tell you, and um, the other part kind of just wants me to, or wants you guys to just go check this out in theaters uh, for yourselves to see these special guests. So uh, with that said, uh, the rest of this is going to be spoiler-ridden, and I will discuss who those people are, so if you don't want to hear about that, just pause the video and come back, um, and you wish this was a video, pause the podcast, go see this movie, and then come back and press play right here at the three-minute mark. And um, we can pick it up. So for those of you who are pressing play again, uh, the first big star is Ryan Reynolds. That was great. He was so funny. He basically just plays a CIA agent who um, work, I guess, worked with The Rock. Um, I'm not too sure. I want to preface this by saying that I've seen Fast and the Furious. I've seen Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, the fourth one. And I saw the seventh one and I and the eighth one. I, I am hope I'm doing my math there right. I think there's only been eight so far. The one where Paul Walker dies and they do, you know, the tribute to Paul Walker. I saw that one in theaters, actually really liked it. And then um, the one after that, I didn't see it in theaters, but I saw it and I enjoyed it. So I haven't seen every single Fast and Furious since possible that maybe Ryan Reynolds showed up in one of the prior ones. But um, as far as I know, you know, he certainly was a surprise to me, especially because you hear his voice before you hear him. And I, for half a second, thought it was Deadpool. 
And I know that's something that's going to curse him for the rest of his days when he's doing movies. Is I just I can't see him as anyone other than Deadpool now. And obviously he does a great job, and he's not Deadpool, but it um, it was there. And he, him and The Rock, surprisingly, uh, had a really good dynamic together. They bounced off of each other really well. And there uh, was a second surprise guest, Rob Delaney, a great comedian who actually was in Deadpool 2 with Ryan Reynolds. And he kind of was the CIA contact for, uh, for Jason Statham. So there was a really cool dynamic and balance in this movie where um, as the movie started, Obviously, there was a little bit of buildup, but then when it you first see uh, The Rock and Statham, they do a split screen, and so The Rock's on one side, he's uh, Statham's on the other side, and they're both kind of going about their day, and it, it kind of shows the duality of them, how one of them's a little, I guess, more focused on bodybuilding, and the other one is, is all about, you know, being classy and whatnot, and then they both have a great fight. And, uh, you know, long story short, Vanessa Kirby, Statham's sister, is also a CIA agent. And she is trying to prevent, of course, a world-ending disaster. There's apparently this virus that is going to spread. And um, according to Ryan Reynolds, turns your insides into goo. And it, um, so she, she actually injects it into herself in the beginning of the movie. And so everyone's kind of chasing after her. And Idris Ilba is, uh, as he coins himself, the Black Superman, which he totally is in this movie. He's very strong, very fast. He also has a couple of silver teeth in uh, his bottom row of teeth that I don't think are real. And I didn't think were real during the movie, and I'm still questioning it now. Um, there's a couple scenes you'll notice when you watch it where they, they really zoom in on his face and um, he's smiling, and it, it just looks like maybe they taped some tinfoil to the front of the teeth, and one of the pieces kind of almost goes into, it's like halfway on one of his teeth. Uh, if you want to call it a nitpick, that's fine. There's actually quite a bit to nitpick if you wanted to in this movie. I just liked it because I was going uh, to the theater. I was going to sell some things at the resale shop right next to the theater, Second and Charles. It's a, a used books and movie store, games and whatnot. And so while they were doing my stuff, I wanted to go see this movie. So I just sat and watched it. And it was it was just a perfect summer flick. Uh, great action and something that, uh, again, a perfect time to get out of the hot sun and just sit in a theater and watch these guys duke it out. The action scenes were great. So they, they both have great scenes, uh, The Rock and Statham separately. And then they have some really good scenes together as well. So eventually what happens is Idris Ilba... He's essentially been synthetically modified, almost the same as like, I guess you could say like Upgrade, the movie Upgrade, or um, trying to think. Oh, you know what would be a good example would be like the um, the squad unit in Logan, where they, or I guess just the bad guys in Logan, where in the future they replace parts of their body with um, android pieces and robot pieces so that they have, you know, stronger arms, stronger legs, whatever. Idris Silva kind of has that because Jason Statham apparently killed him in the past. And this there's this shadow organization who brought him back and they're trying to uh, fix humanity basically by killing the weak and essentially the same plot as every other big summer blockbuster. Same plot that Godzilla had, same plot that... I mean, you name it, pick your movie. Most of them have this world ending sort of doom to it. So Idris Elba makes out um, Statham's sister to be the bad guy. And so she's on the run. They bring in the rock and Statham to team up to try and get her. And obviously that doesn't go well. They hate each other. And again, they just, the rock makes so many great tiny person jokes 
like um, calling him a hobbit and calling him um, you know a short man. And being a, sh- a short man myself, I found it to be very funny. And there's even a scene where the third surprise guest, Kevin Hart, is in the movie. And there's a scene where they're on a plane flying to Moscow, and Kevin Hart is an air marshal on the plane. And, uh, of course, The Rock and Statham are arguing. On the plane, they're whispering back and forth, basically, oh, you know, you're why are you so small? Like you're, it's crazy how small you are. Hey, listen up elephant. Why don't you just suck down some more peanuts and go back to sleep back and forth, back and forth. And Kevin Hart's like, Hey guys, stop it. And like turns around and, uh, he's like, I'm just like you guys. We're, we're three alpha male men. And, uh, I was laughing so hard cause Kevin Hart's even smaller than Jason Statham. And they're like looking at him like, dude, man, you're, you're crazy. And, uh, as I was hoping, he he comes back uh, with a big win, sort of, towards the end of the movie. But they're basically fleeing from Idris Ilba during this movie. And his name's Brixton in the movie, but it, obviously easier to just call them by their their uh, their real names because, uh, in my opinion, the names are pointless in this movie. All you're really looking for are the punches and the kicks, and those come in spades. Uh, I'm going to keep saying it throughout this. The action scenes were really impressive. There was a really, really great car chase scene with Statham driving a McLaren and Idris Ilba driving an Iron Man motorcycle. Uh, this is actually the first movie where I was thinking that, oh, okay, they kind of copied Marvel and, and not in a bad way. So, um, you know, the other night I was talking with some friends and we were talking about, um, you know, what's next for Marvel? And we were talking about the Dark Avengers, which is a, and here we're going to get into a little bit of comics, but uh, the Dark Avengers is essentially the Avengers, but they're bad guys. So what happens is, you know, one thing leads to another, and Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin, ends up becoming uh, the leader of the Avengers, and essentially they're, they're hoodwinking society into thinking that they're good guys when they're actually bad guys. And one of the ways that they did that was by... Um, essentially dressing like the Avengers. So uh, Norman Osborn wore, and that's where it came from, the Iron Patriot suit, which is essentially the war machine armor that is uh, red, white, and blue in Iron Man. Or that would be, I believe it was in Iron Man 3 and maybe in Iron Man 2, but definitely in Iron Man 3. And um, so, you know, there's there's obviously some kinks in that for being in the MCU, but we were talking and saying, you know, it would be really cool if... Um, Sam Rockwell reprised his role from Iron Man 2 as, um, and I'm blanking on his name, but um, essentially he was the, the bad guy in Iron, one of the bad guys in Iron Man 2, and he he created a bunch of Iron Man suits, and um, it would be really cool if he, you know, dressed as a fake Iron Man in this, this you know, fake or, I guess, fan fiction Avengers movie. And uh, I always I was thinking in my head while we were talking, like it would be really cool to see Sam Rockwell in that same Iron Man uh, screen that Robert Downey Jr. is usually in. So as um, as my brother would say, uh, Robert Downey Jr. really only comes on set to stand in a helmet and then they film his face with all of the little doohickeys flying around the little the HUD that he has where there's little you know orange shirt circles and whatnot telling him where his targets are and so I was like that'd be really cool if Sam Rockwell got to do the same thing because he kind of got he was uh, he was beaten obviously in Iron Man 2 so that would be cool 
But that happened in this movie. So Idris Elba's character, he, like I said, he's got these cybernetic upgrades. And so they'll do these scenes and bits where he's, you know, analyzing a bad guy or when he's wearing his bike helmet, it'll look like just his face with all of the Iron Man type stuff with like looking at targets and whatnot. And I actually thought that was pretty cool. They did it well. Obviously, like I said, I immediately thought of Marvel, but um, it was nice to see regardless. And um, so he, he chases after them. And he's on this motorcycle that's like a transformer. The motorcycle, um, he's like sliding under trucks and spinning around and like hanging off the back of the motorcycle, doing things that no regular human should do, nor should any regular motorcycle do. And um, it was cool. It was cool, but at the same time, I was like, oh, okay, all right, all right. That uh, that motorcycle, like that is a really nice motorcycle. It has to cost at least a billion dollars to to be as good as it is. It would follow him. He'd be like running and sprinting down the street and the motorcycle would chase after him. It would drive by itself in some scenes, which I know, you know, most cars have autopilot these days or cruise control, but this is this was something different. It was almost like Iron Man was inside the bike. And uh, so that was cool though. That scene was cool. Obviously Idris Elba fails, they get away. He meets with his boss, and, and his boss is basically just a soundboard at this point. It's just a screen with, uh, you know, when you talk, um, it shows, like, the, I don't know, basically the effects of when you're talking, like, on a radio, like a transistor radio. Kind of hard to explain, but you'll it'll make sense when you see the movie. But uh, that's all we know. So we can only hear him by a distorted voice, so we don't know who his boss is. But his boss is saying things like, dude, man, you failed. Uh, we need you to really get these guys in. He says, we need you to bring them on the team and as smart as Idris is he's like no we're not going to do that they're they're the good guys basically they're not going to join he's like we need you to try and get him to join so then the chases after them in Moscow they get captured in Moscow and um, surprise surprise they escape again and not without a great action piece there's still a great set piece there where there's some big trucks and driving and and again props to the Fast and Furious franchise because um, the one thing I don't think you can say against them is that they haven't fulfilled the promise of showing cool cars and cool car chases in each of their movies yeah some of their movies may be hit and miss but for the most part those car scenes are pretty cool and i was actually nervous about this one because i was like okay this is a you know it's the knockoff movie it's their first dip into trying to make a franchise of this movie and uh, I personally think they pulled it off. Now, is everyone else going to agree? I'm not too sure because I know at this point the box office numbers aren't really in its favor. And I'm going to look that up as I'm talking. But but I enjoyed them. I thought they were great action set pieces. So from there, they escape Moscow. And at this point, they're like, oh, man, you know, I'm on the we're on the run. And we got nowhere to go. And, of course, The Rock's like, wait a minute. I know where we can go home and it's like bum 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 time to go to samoa which uh, i thought was really cool actually i thought it was pronounced samoa and it uh it isn't i guess it's pronounced samoa which is cooler obviously and there's a lot of um what would be called like dialect and lingo in the movie uh from him and his family he's got this giant samoan family and uh, that part was actually cool at the beginning i didn't like it because the the actor who plays his brother uh, I was not a fan of Cl- his. I think believe his name is Cliff Curtis. He play his brother's name is Jonah, and um, he wasn't good to begin with. the The acting just seemed very bored, like as in it had no emotion to it. The way the the script he was reading, but then eventually it seemed like he was kind of coming into his role, and and I forgave him for it. But um, 
surprisingly and gratefully some of the coolest pieces in the movie were not shown in the trailer which i am very surprised at because typically these days most of the cool stuff is shown in the trailer so that you can get you know get your butt into the seat but for example there's that scene where they're on samoa and uh they're chasing the helicopter and the rocks holding onto the chain of the helicopter the raw a human male the rock is pulling a chain that is connected to a giant apache attack helicopter are you kidding me and yeah he's holding it and yeah statham's looking at him like damn he knows he he's a strong guy uh, but that's not the whole scene there's there's this whole piece where magically all of those cars that are connected to his car somehow are able to connect and then they all end up hitting the nos which uh, again was uh, a little far-fetched but i was you know i was enjoying it and i couldn't complain and surprisingly too uh towards the end obviously as, as you we all know and can expect idris elba loses and um that's and the only reason he loses is uh, can you guess could it be that they have to work together to beat the bad guy? That they have to put their differences aside to face an evil that they can't do on their own? Oh my gosh. It's almost as it's almost as if they set that up at the beginning of the movie. It's almost as if they set that up in the other Fast and Furious franchises. But um, again, in terms of the trailer, even that scene where they, uh, at the very beginning, when Statham and The Rock are in that room in the CIA office or whatever, and they're like, no, no, I'm not going to be with this guy. Uh, they briefly show that scene in the trailer, but it is so much better in the movie, and it is so much funnier in the movie. There's so many other bits that they say to each other, and uh, like I said, just each time that they work with each other, it seems like all they're really trying to do is dig at each other, and I I think that's awesome, and th that was my favorite part of the movie. But um, another interesting piece that I wanted to touch on is um, the guy that they had play Professor Andrico. His name is Eddie Mars Marson. And uh, he is, uh, when I was watching this movie, it hit me. I, he is the one of the most typecasted characters in all of Hollywood. And I say that because at this point you're probably going, what? Who is who's this guy? Who's Mr. Marson? I've never heard of him. Well, trust me, you have heard of him because if you've ever been in a movie where there has been a sort of Russian, maybe German professor or doctor, he's the guy. And I know in your head you're going, oh, right, that guy. Yep, it's that guy. Believe it or not, that's the one. He's the guy that looks very, uh, he's very small. He's very meek. And he's always, you know, wearing glasses. I, obviously, I can't show you a picture, but I just want to do something that I'm going to call the IMDb deep dive. And this is something where I prove a point by looking through uh, the person's resume. So when it comes to Eddie Marsden, he was Professor Andrico in this Fast and the Furious movie. He plays Mr. Muncie in a movie called The Professor and the Madman, no less. There's a second professor. Uh, he was in Vice as Paul Wolfwitz, which uh, I'm sure was some sort of doctor, or obviously like a congressman or something. Um, he was in Deadpool 2 as well, which is crazy actually. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna dive into Deadpool 2 right now. That's three. That's three people from Deadpool. And up, oh, would you know it? Surprise, surprise! The director of Hobbs and Shaw is the same director as Deadpool 2. That's director David Leach. And um, hats off to him because he he's been making some really good action movies. And surprisingly, I think up. Uh, 
I could have guessed this as well. I was going to point out when I was uh, watching it, Mr. Eddie Marzen, I said, are you joking me? He's playing, he, if you've seen Atomic Blonde, he is playing the exact same character in Atomic Blonde. In Atomic Blonde, he is the Russian doctor that knows he's like got some secret formula or something, very small role, but essentially, um, Charlize Theron has to like get him and then protect him for a little bit and then he ends up dying and uh, that sort of kind of happens in this movie too where they have to get this doctor to figure out how to get the virus out of his sister and um, he ends up getting captured and whatnot but man that is so bleach directed Atomic Blonde as well so uh, that just goes to show that if you're in Leech's movies there's a good chance that you're going to be in his future movies and you know what? That's not a bad deal because he's made some really great movies. I mean, Atomic Blonde was phenomenal, and uh, so was Deadpool 2, and this movie was great too. So the other interesting thing with this movie was there were a lot of really great logo sequences. So like when Hobbs and Shaw came on the screen, it, it just had this really almost warm orange feeling to it. And then anytime they traveled to a new location, it had that. But then there were these really cool flashback sequences where they were describe. Uh, Jason Statham is describing these um, tricks, I guess. He would call them these griffs, which essentially is like robbery sort of things, thefts, uh, that he would do with his sister when he was a kid. And they're named after like um, music and whatnot. And so those were really cool. That It was a really cool... Uh, you know what? He uh, Leach did the same thing in Atomic Blonde where the um, the logos and whatnot were that really cool, almost neon type feel. And this one was was no different. So that was really awesome to see. And um, so, yeah, besides that, the rest of the actors in the movie were all um, Samoan. And then you had uh, Isa Gonzalez played a very small part, but a very crucial part in um, helping getting the ball rolling. And her, her name in here is listed as Madam M. I don't know if she's been in any of the other Fast and Furious movies. I'm not exactly sure. But uh, regardless, like I said, the cast did exactly what they needed to. The movie is really just all about... Um, oh, she's from uh, Baby Driver. So she was uh, she was the girl in Baby Driver, the one who was in love with uh, John Hamm, uh, which uh, is also you know I was in love with John Hamm as well. So you know she she can say all she wants, but um, John Hamm and I are friends, and uh, you know could be best friends, but. Um, that's a that's a topic for another time. So Fast and the Furious right now they've got the estimates at the box office for um, at twenty three million right now, and I think that's just through Friday. Obviously today's Saturday, so they don't have anything up yet. But um, this movie's budget was two hundred million dollars. That is a huge budget. So they are going to have to do really well in um, making this money back. And I'm going to be curious to see if that money's going to be more so made. Um, uh, worldwide than domestic because i think the last fast and the furious movie uh, did not do as well as they wanted it to do but it was good enough that uh obviously it warranted this spin-off movie so at the end of the day really enjoyed this movie and and again like i said the best part was that i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was going to enjoy it i i went in not expecting very much and Honestly, I just wanted to have something to kind of melt my mind during the summer, like a like a cone of ice cream. And typically, I go to a good action movie for that, or a decent action movie, and it was. Now, what I will say, in terms of nitpicks, the only real nitpick walking out of that movie was the final fight between uh, The Rock and his family and all the Samoans, 
and um, the bad guys was they incorporated the shaky cam, which I know Leach definitely likes. Uh, Leach definitely likes to do that in his movies, but it was almost too much in this movie because it was it was like an all out battle. There's just all of these giant guys fighting each other, hand to hand combat, slamming people into bricks and and cars exploding. It was so cool, but the camera was shaking so hard that you couldn't necessarily see what was happening i mean you could see the rock was punching somebody but i wanted to actually see him punch it because i know probably it was fake and I, I could tell that that was what they were going for because afterwards there's a big battle in um at the bottom of this waterfall and it's raining and that's the one when him and you know statham have to finally put their differences aside and fight him and when they're doing that there's a lot of awesome slow motion scenes where one of them is getting punched and then and their their trick was well it's two against one why don't we let him punch one of us and then the other one can punch him back which sounds weird but it actually worked out but so when they did that it was these great slow-mos where you know he the rock would be headbutting uh idris ilba and it would be in slow motion with the rain falling on them and it was so cool but it made me wish that that big fight that just happened before was kind of doing the same thing because it didn't and um, I was bummed because one of my favorite parts in the trailer was when uh, The Rock and one of his teammates, um, it's not his brother, it's probably, I don't know who it is, but it was one of the other Samoan men are like screaming in the trailer. They're both, they, you know, they got their shirts off, they're, they're jacked beyond belief, and they're going, Aah! that scene, I love that sort of stuff. That scene got me pumped. I was like, oh, I want to see this movie. And I, you can barely see it in the movie because the camera's shaking so much. So I was kind of bummed by that. But other than that, um, I was impressed. Other than that, I really enjoyed the movie. So I would recommend it. Um, right now, I'm tossed. Uh, like I said, IMDb only does their rankings on a 1 to 10 scale. There's no halfway point. If I could, I would probably give this movie a 7.5, a, a 7.5. Um, so in reality, I'll probably give it a seven on, uh, IMDb, but that's a good movie in my eyes. A seven means it's good. And a 7.5 means it's maybe just a little bit better than good. So, uh, my recommendation would be, if you've got a chance, go check it out. If I, if I had to, you know, pick for you, I would say, you know, make it a matinee showing or make it a, uh, if you're an AMC person, go on Tuesday. So it's a $5 ticket. Otherwise, um, go see it in IMAX. Cause I saw it in IMAX. And uh, it was nice on IMAX. It was a huge screen and um, definitely worth it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um, I'll be back soon with another uh, review of a movie or some, some comic book talk. But for now, this is Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein. Thanks so much for listening.